On this week's episode, we're discussing a little film about a down-on-your-luck with an upbeat attitude guy who is trying to get the attention of the girl of his dreams when he's presented with the opportunity of a lifetime. We're talking movies. We're talking Rocky. Released in 1976, written by and starring Sylvester Stallone, Carl Weathers, and Talia Shear, Directed by John G. Avildsen. Chris... He doesn't know it's a damn show. He thinks it's a damn fight. Oh, yeah? What about my prime, Mick? At least you had a prime. I had no prime. I had nothing. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the first full-length episode of 2021. As Scott said, we're going to be covering the classic 1976 film, Rocky. And I just realized I call like every single film we do classic, whether it was from 2020 or 1976 or whatever. Um, anyway, yeah, Scott, so why don't you take us away? Okay, well, obviously, right, to bury the lead, like obviously, this is my perfect movie. Oh, it's your I top gun, eh? This is my top gun, <laughs> right? And twofold. One, it is the gold standard of just the basic underdog story. Okay. And the gold standard of the montage. No one does a fucking montage like a Rocky movie. Okay, okay, okay. So we got to be careful when we're having this conversation between Rocky the franchise and the 1976 original film Rocky because you're I agree with the montage statement and they do do it in this but I just noticed that we got to be careful if we start stepping off the original Rocky essentially Rocky one film we need to make sure the listeners know that we're not talking about all the movies at once unless we specify so that was just no, a little true. warning. this movie as well the started the trend for the franchise in terms of their the montage heavy in terms of the best Rocky montage would be four when he's in Russia. I love four. Four is so uh, awesome. Four, four <laughs> is like if, so if the, if the original Rocky is a, uh, a boxing drama, Rocky four is a boxing fucking action movie with a rocket ship, you know, like it's got Russians. It's got James Brown. It's got dancing. It's got people dying. Oh, it's fucking awesome. It's got great quotes. Like if he dies, he dies. I want to fight real champion. Anyway, we're getting way, fucking, you know, I'm getting way off base here. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, it's more you. I, it, it, in my comparison between the two, I would say Rocky is the alien and Rocky four is the aliens. Yes. Of the series. Yes, absolutely. That's a, that's a really great uh, analogy. <laughs> it's like you have me as a co-host on a movie podcast for a reason. It's almost right? like, you know, stuff. Um, <laughs> almost. <laughs> Uh, so, I mean, yeah, this is, uh, this movie's so big. Like when I was doing my background for this, um, it's like, it's a, it's a critical success. It's a commercial, commercial success. I guess those can be the same way, but I mean like critics liked it. The box office liked it. Uh, it made Sylvester Stallone, like essentially is, is why we have Sylvester Stallone now. Um, he got Oscar nominations for like writing and acting. Like there was... There was 10 Oscar nominations and this thing won two, one for best Three, picture. Actually. So what was the, th what was the third one for? So it won for best picture. Mm -hmm. It won for best director, best director. Yep. And it won Chris. Uh, this was actually a question I was going to bring up later because mm -hmm. knowing you and your criticism, 
how how does the film that won best film editing um did it win film editing? it won film oh editing. okay cool 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 okay keep going yeah so I was going to say, so how are you going to trim this ed- down when it wins best film editing? So it's funny that you asked that because I I actually was going to talk about the editing in this. So there's two, <laughs> well, because there's two parts of editing, right? Well, I'm gonna, for for the point of this conversation, there's editing as far as like length, and often I complain about like editing and length, but then there's actually how a film moves from shot to shot. That's also uh, you know part of the criteria for good editing. Okay. But <clears throat> your criticism now. Well, this is the funny part. Okay. So, okay. So first off, I want to give you my, my, my quote. So from Arthur Knight of the Hollywood reporter, in addition to a heartwarming script, Stallone has created on the screen, a character of enormous appeal and charm, half articulate, but funny, gruff, but good hearted. And this, yet again, I like to pick quotes that kind of like embody how I feel. So the note I left myself is, I find it hard to be too critical with this movie. Stupid fucking nostalgia. So I'm watching it and I'm like, it's an okay movie. Like it's it's not fantastic. Like there's better movies been made, some of that. But I also felt like I couldn't pick it apart. It's, it's like I didn't want to pick it apart. It was like, oh, I could probably complain about that. But I was just so enjoying the Rocky experience that I was like, that's eh, okay. It was getting all these passes that I would never give anybody else a pass on. It's it's like, it's like your, your little brother or like someone you care about in your life that does stupid shit. And you're just like, that's eh, just the way they are. Like, you know, like the script is okay. The dialogue is okay. Like it's, it's not that monumental, but it's also like, it's like a roast dinner on Sunday. If you're like, you know, of like North American descent, like just it's, it's comfort food. It's very much a comfort food movie without being like overly sentimental, but it is still sentimental. Like the way this movie ends is Rocky doesn't even give a shit about the call of who won or who didn't win the whole like Adrian, I love you. Da-da. It's but, fucking amazing. It, it ends. Cause he got what he wanted. That's right. He, from the beginning, he never wanted to win. He just wanted to do what no one else did and go the distance. That was actually, and there's a big mono, his big monologue on that was actually going to be one of my quotes as well, where he's like, you know, I can't beat him. I can't beat him. And essentially, but if I can go all those rounds, cause no one has gone the distance with the champ, you know, then people will know that I'm not a bum. And he, mm-hmm. oh, it's so good. It is so good. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, like I said, I, I actually can't pick it apart. I I'm just, uh, uh, I don't have the uh, the will to pick apart pick it apart. Is guess is guess what I want to say? All right, well, podcast over then. Podcast over. <laughs> whoa, 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 we got lots to talk about. I mean, this 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 movie is like massive, man. Um, so yeah, well, let, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go well, ahead. I was gonna say, I, I, I'm pretty sure everybody knows like the story of the production of this movie and the making of this movie because like the memes are everywhere well in case they don't do you want to give us a summary because i mean sometimes people tune into fucking movie podcasts to learn shit about movies scott well fuck i figured if they're listening to us they have social media but uh but anyways so pretty much this is the film where sylvester stallone bet on himself that's right right hard hard he bet on himself hard yeah so he wrote the script in three days for this film it got went to his agents they shopped it around and every studio that i got shopped to pretty much said we want to make this but they had one stipulation that so many studios passed on 
and that was Stallone wanted to play Rocky. Wasn't it like Burt Reynolds? Burt Burt Reynolds was considered. I think Robert Redford was considered. James Can, I believe, as well. Yeah, James Can. Everybody that was hot in the seventies were pretty much considered, right? right? James Can, so hot. Boom, Afro and hairy chests. (laughs) (laughs) If you were that, I'm pretty sure Tom Selleck was. Isn't isn't that how? uh, Isn't that how he? He was in the gambler, like an afro in the hairy chest or something. James Can most like, most likely, yeah. Godfather one, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's funny because but, we're going to talk about the Godfather a bit because uh, Tally Shire is in all the Godfather movies as well, being the sister of Francis Ford Coppola, who was director of the Godfather. There you go. Six degrees of Coppola. <laughs> but yeah, so and then finally, United Artists. I believe was the one that settled and said yes, but their stipulation was they cut the budget down because they they didn't have a star. Stallone, yeah, Stallone was an unknown a commodity, but yeah, so I think they made the movie for a million. Yep, that's what I've and got. And if I'm not mistaken, in terms of box office, it ended up being the number one movie that year. Yep, in 1976, I've got a 225 million. And number two in 1977 behind Star Wars. Yeah, that's so big. Uh, when they corrected for inflation, it was like 22 million is almost a billion dollars nowadays. Like, just just like it made f- like something like 400 percent return on investment or some crazy number. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, like 225 million, and that's just box office. Like, I, I it's always hard to get the actual numbers of like how much if like think of all the like home like you know on streaming uh dvd vhs you know all you remember you know it being on like uh the movie network during back in the 90s and stuff like that like this movie has made so much fucking money and it's it still holds a uh, a 94 percent from the critics on rotten tomatoes it's only a 69 by audience which actually i was surprised by really yeah yeah that, that, that was as of actually... yesterday I was going to say, well, after this podcast, it's going to 90. But, Number no, 10 like, with a bullet. But yeah, no, like, I'm, I'm actually surprised, too. I figure more crit, uh, more audience would enjoy this than, than anything. Now, a little, like, backstory for, you know, we're doing a movie podcast, but when was it? Two years ago? Three years ago? When What's we the question? Went, when we went to our local theater production to watch rocky the musical that's right we did go see rocky the musical and uh we got picked to go on stage and and be in the audience and stuff like that and there's some other crazy story that goes along with that which is kind of weird which we're not going to talk about on the air (laughs) no but yeah so i think that was kind of maybe where the seed of this podcast kind of started uh, I thought it was because all we do is talk about movies and yell at each other, or I yell at you about movies, and then we were like, hey, we should monetize this shit. Yes, but I think that's when it started, when you started yelling at me about movies. <laughs> was that that play? It's, it's quite possible. It's quite possible. Um, so this is, uh, this movie, I mean, again, okay, so this is directed uh, by John G. Abelson. Is that how you say his last name? I mean, we fucked up. I believe up. so. Uh who had had a massive career too for for the most part. Uh so he has an Oscar for best director uh for this film. He did all three Karate Kid movies and which is really interesting is he got a Razzie for a film he did called The Formula. 
But his director of photography, James Crabe, or Crab, I think it's Crabe's because it's got an E, was his DOP on Karate Kid, Karate Kid 2. He had Karate Kid 3 dedicated to him because he died of uh, complications of AIDS in 1989 at age 57. But so he got, so the director got a Razzie for the film, uh, The Formula. But mm-hmm. his DOP got an Oscar nomination for the cinematography. So now I want to go see this fucking movie. It's like, so a movie that's really badly directed, but looks beautiful. Like literally from Razzie to Oscar on the same film and DOPs and directors work basically like at the hip. So it's like, you're doing a shitty job directing this movie, but I'm going to make your, it's like, it's like if you take a shit, but then I put it on a really nice pillow with a bow. You know what I mean? It's like I made your shit look really beautiful, but it's still shit. So I just I, I just figured you would have just been like, and then I took a picture with a nice Instagram filter, and everybody <laughs> liked it. <laughs> anyway, that was just a fun piece of trivia. When I was like comparing them, I was like, wow, the guy got an Oscar for the film that the same director got a Razzie for. But Karate Kid, man, like that's a, again another massive franchise. It is. I'm I'm almost done. Well, by the time this airs, I will be done the third season of Cobra Kai. <laughs> Are you liking it? I love Cobra Kai. I don't know. I felt spoiler alert, just if we're gonna talk about Cobra Kai for a second. Uh I found the third season how far are you into the third season? I got three episodes left. Did you oh, find did, you, did you find the first beginning of it? It was a bit like not high school musical, but it was a bit slow and a bit sluggish. I found the first season of Cobra Kai the best. Yeah, that was, uh, yeah, I would say the first season was the best so far, but I I love how they do like the little Easter eggs, like anything that was in those first four films is game, right? 100%. And you don't really see it coming. Anyway, I'm going to, I'm going to drag you back to Rocky here because I don't want to get way off track here. Um, so yeah, do you, do you, how did you feel about the casting? You've got Sylvester Stallone, Tally Shire, Burt Young, Carl Weathers, uh, Burgess Meredith, um, and we can talk about each one of these actors because I've got some kind of interesting notes on each one of them. But how did you feel about the casting? Yeah, I thought it was great casting, like for what it is. Like, I think in terms of like Carl Weathers, like because he can do so much, right? And you'll see it later on in this franchise. But for being the champ, like because it was so focused on Rocky, right? Like, I think they could have actually added more for Apollo. Sure. Uh, I mean, but the, the series is called Rocky. Uh, so I've got a note here that oh, says... But now it's called Creed, motherfucker. It is, it is. Well, because <laughs> Apollo died in four, if, spoiler alert. Um, one of the way, So he actually was criticizing Stallone during the audition, and that's one of the reasons he actually got the role, is because he was like jive-talking Stallone, being like, you can't fucking act, buddy. Uh, which I, I think is awesome. I think that's a great reason to get a role, which makes a lot of sense, too, because he needs to essentially be like the reincarnate of Muhammad Ali, who was also known for doing a lot of jive talking, talking, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, did you know he was a linebacker for the Oakland Raiders and he played yeah. for the BC lions, by the way, BC is a province in the, pro- uh, the country of Canada. So woo, we got another shout out to Canada. <laughs> is that like your thing now? I, I always I like mean, anytime where like some weird character actor like li- li- lived in like weird <laughs> Carl Weathers is not a weird no, 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 character. No, 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 no. But anytime I have, I like have some note on some character actor that was like, from Winnipeg or PEI or something, I'm like, yeah, fuck yeah, Canada taking over the film industry. I can't wait till we do a Dwayne Johnson movie. You can talk about when he played for 
fucking BC Lions. No, it wasn't BC Lions. Uh, what's Calgary's team? Uh, isn't it the Calgary Rough? Uh, Saskatchewan Rough Riders and the Broncos? Is it the Broncos? Yeah, whatever. He and I think Dwayne Johnson's team. dad lives in like lived in Nova Scotia before he died or something like that too. Anyway, quite possible. Fucking digress here. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, man. So Carl Weathers, I mean, he was he was perfect as Apollo. Uh, I love him in Predator. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, Action Jackson. Oh my god, that's my favorite of his. Is Action Jackson? Do you think that Action Jackson's almost like black exploitation, except like a 1980s version of black exploitation? Not really. I think it was just. uh, He's like. It's hard to explain. Like for me, he's like. If you put a little bit of James Bond. Like a soul James Bond. Not James Bond. James James Bond. James Bond. Um and then fucking com- not Commando. What what was the other Stallone one? Cobra. Cobra. Yeah, like, yeah. You just mix them all together and you just have this suave fucking guy who's just like, I I love that fucking movie. It's in my so bad it's good movies. <laughs> um. So as I as I said earlier, so obviously uh, Talia Shire, uh, she's from the Godfather films. She did all the Rocky films, well, like all the ones until. Is she in Rocky Balboa? I can't remember. I think she's died. No, she she died. Well, she, her character. Her character died. is dead. Uh, she's got two Oscar nominations. Um, obviously, a sister of Francis Ford Coppola and aunt to Nicolas Cage and Sofia Coppola. Now, um, did you ever check to see why she was never like why they killed off Adrian? No. Do you have that information? Or no, me neither. I, I didn't. I could never see. Oh, you thought like, maybe I, like there would be a reason like she didn't want to come back for the franchise or something like that? Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. I'm just like, why? Hmm. <laughs> So right. I want so I'm going to talk about Burt Young and Burgess Meredith a bit here. So and if you've got any un- interesting tidbits, jump in. But this is this is one of the best things about doing this podcast is you get to like dig into some of these actors and directors and stuff. Okay, so Burt Young he plays Polly, <clears throat> obviously you know essentially Rocky's best friend, I guess only friend, mostly best friend. Um, so obviously he did the Rocky films playing Polly. He had a small role in The Gambler and in Chinatown. Uh, so he studied with Lee Strasberg, which is like a famous. Really, really famous uh, acting coach from uh, New York, I believe. So, but this is what I found most interesting. So he was a Marine Corps boxer and he had like this great career when he was in the Marines. But when he got out, he went pro. He had a 17 and 0 record and was mad, uh, managed by uh, Customato. So, and if you don't know who Customato is, he is Mike Ty- was Mike Tyson's trainer. He's basically the one who... Uh, Got Mike Tyson to where he was and then unfortunately died just at the cusp of Mike Tyson becoming like the world heavyweight champ or whatever. But I just thought like such an interesting like this boxing man. So first off, the fact that Burt Young is actually this amazing boxer in this boxing movie, which I'm sure had something to do with the casting. And then this, again, kind of six degrees of separation worked with a super famous boxing manager and trainer who trained probably one of the greatest boxing uh, fighters in the history of boxing, Mike Tyson. It's amazing, right? Isn't that cool? Yeah, like, and it, you don't, like, when you think about fucking Polly, you don't really think about that at all, right? No, you just think of him being a fucking dick. But he's also yeah. a classically trained actor. Like, he's, he's, he had been in some, like, really, like, like, Chinatown is, like, a classic film. And so, actually, I'd say so is The Gambler. Um, but then Burgess Meredith, who plays Mickey, right? Like, he's always, he'll always be my penguin. So yeah, I so he he plays Penguin in the 1960s Batman. He's got two Oscar nominations. He's won several Emmys, and he's got a fucking Tony Award for work on Broadway. Again, like I was just like, 
fucking head exploded. You know what I mean? Because I can only <laughs> see him as Mickey's this like old crusty boxing coach. You know what I mean? You're like, fuck, people have careers. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, it's weird because when I think of when, – so when I, I've read stuff about Mike Tyson and his autobiography and stuff, when I picture Customato in my mm-hmm. mind, it's fucking Mickey who I actually see like, come on, Tyson, come on. And so now I'm like, wow, and these guys kind of like work together indirectly. You know what I mean? So yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, so this film is on the AFI, the American Film Institute's top 100 film. Uh, mm-hmm. Top 100 list of uh, films. It's got a 57. Do you think it belongs on the list? And I know, uh, go ahead. For, first off, answer that question. So in terms of just Do you think it's one of the best 100 films of the last 100 years? Yes. Okay. That's yes, it? That's, you got, you're not going to quantify that at all? Well, that, that technically answers the question that was presented to me. Okay, it fucking smart. Yes, okay, 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 okay. Fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. You fucking dick. Uh, so you believe that you should it be higher? Should it be lower? Are you indifferent? No, like for me, it would be around the middle of the pack or kind of thing, right? So like fifty-seven is the... kind of middle of the pack. Yeah, exactly. So I think it's perfectly placed, right? Now, if you're going like top, if if, if it's specific, if you go like top movie films, I would say like one, two. Or like in the top five for like sports movies. Yeah, and there there are lists like that, and it does really well. I think it was number two behind Raging Bull um, on like Sight and Sounds movie, um, not movie films, movie films, uh, sports films or something like that. Like yeah, it does so, very very well when it comes to sports films. Yeah, like if you're just going in film in general, yeah, it would be a middle of the pack kind of film, right? For the top one hundred in the last one hundred years. Uh huh. Um, if if you're going specific, then yeah, I'd go way higher. I, w- I would probably put like Days of Thunder, like number three, maybe. Remember the Titans in there too for sports films. I, I would have to look at a at a list of films. I mean, I think this the Fighter. I think the Fighter is amazing with Christian Bale and Mark Wahlberg. You know, stuff like that. The so. Wrestler with Mickey Rourke. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, I don't know. As far as the AFI is concerned, I mean, it's. Again, it's not like I can pick it apart, but there's that feeling inside of me where I'm like, I don't know if it's one of the top, like, think 100 years of filmmaking, 100 films. Like, just think of how many movies come out every year. Is Rocky really, I I would actually argue, I think Rocky 2 is a better total film because you you already know the character a bit. So you're kind of invested, you're emotionally invested in the character. You know, you think it's going to be all successful. They manage to bring you back down and you don't think, you don't know how he's going to make it up. You assume he's going to fight again. And even that ending, right? Like he still doesn't like, it's, it's kind of like Rocky one and Rocky two. Rocky's still kind of like a regular boxer within reason, right? As we get into like Rocky three, Rocky four, he becomes like an unbeatable machine. Like he's always beaten early in a fight and then he just becomes like a fucking superhuman, but he's still kind of mortal. And, and again, after Rocky two, he's rich again, right. For a period of time. So I I would say that like Rocky one and Rocky two, you almost need to like watch them together to get the, uh, like a true story arc for the character of Rocky. Yeah. Well, I think, I, I hear what you're saying. It's kind of like if you're going like John Carpenter's Halloween and then the sequel, right? Same night. It just kind of continues it yes. on. Yes. Yes. Right. And that's technically. 
Well, because the end of Rocky Two, Rocky, because in the beginning of Rocky, once, once, well, and not only that is that after Rocky Two, Rocky is no longer like the underdog the way he is in the beginning, right? He's now the champ. He's got money. Now he's mostly just like defending it or defending his honor or defending America or whatever. So <laughs> he, he, he did bring, bring an end to the cold war. He did. It, it worked. <laughs> I mean, it worked. That's all it took. Um, I mean, this, this movie has some like really cool cinematography. It's got some great tracking shots. Uh, I believe it's like the third film to ever really use the steady cam which was invented, you know, just before Rocky was made. Uh, you, can, you can see the usage of it in, when he's running up the stairs in Philadelphia there, just the way the camera's able to, like, track with him as he goes up the stairs. Um, like I said, it's a, it's a beautiful film. It, there's nothing wrong with it. Um, could it be punched up? Like, if you were to remake it now, yeah. But I don't know if it would still have that same comfort quality, right? So, anyway. They did remake it. Well, what? How did they re- when did they remake it? Creed. No, I mean, if the, you were to go and actually remake the original Rocky, you know what I mean? And I don't want to talk about Creed because I think those fucking movies are garbage. Um, what? I, I, I think, oh, my fucking, honestly, no. Honestly, no. the Rocky movies after four are fucking shit. Ugh. Okay, so I was going to ask you that. Like, so what did you think of Rocky Five? Which is Rocky Five sucks. Rocky Five is the, this. I would say Rocky Five is the worst back. one in all of it. What? What are you saying? This director. John yeah. G. Avison directed Rocky Five, and did 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 Sly write that one as well? Uh, I think Sly because I don't have a list. He he wrote on he yeah. well he wrote or collaborated on I think all of them, but yes, some he, he wrote, wrote more Rocky than others. Five as well. It's a, it's actually crazy how many fucking writing credits or things that uh, Sylvester Stallone wrote on. Like it's uh, so actually actually I want to bring something up because you know how he's kind of got that the way he talks and stuff. Um, that actually came from a, not a birth defect, but. When he, when he, his mom had complications during labor and they used forceps to like yank him out and they actually severed a bunch of nerves and stuff. So he's kind of paralyzed on like the one side of his face and part of his tongue and stuff. Um, so I kind of think it lends you to think that he's not an intelligent guy, but clearly he is. If he's doing all this writing and he had the business sense to like cover his own ass, he's directed a ton of movies, including like Rocky movies and stuff like that. So, I mean. I and think, the sequel to Saturday Night Fever. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, there's some good stuff in there, <laughs> and there's some not good stuff in there. Um, his brother is like a, a musician that worked on Rocky, and is one of the singers. It's like on the corner, you know, do 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 do. Yeah, he's just a very talented guy, and I think he gets kind of pigeonholed and maybe not treated with the respect that he deserves because uh, clearly he's very, very, very capable. So. Yeah, I, I'll agree. I, I think, and we talked about this as well, like off off air. That, I, but I thought for Creed, Stallone should have won for Best Supporting Actor. He like if they can give fucking Brad didn't he, Pitt, didn't he, didn't he win a Golden Globe for that? Yeah, but he didn't get the Oscar. Mm-hmm. But if they can give Brad Pitt an Oscar for fucking Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, that was a for, fucking awesome oh, role. But it was technically. It's, hey, you've been in this business for 20 years. Here you go. Kind of an award. Yeah. It's sort he of like Leo's for Reverend, right? Yeah. Like, like he actually like acted the shit out of Rocky and Creed and should have won. That's yeah. You know what? I, and I, I do remember box. reading a lot of criticism about him not winning that. Do you, who won that year? Um, huh? it, it was the Bridge of Spies guy. 
Tom, oh yeah, not Tom Hanks, the supporting role, right? Yeah, yeah. It was a I mean, one. that was a pretty fucking. So- Sometimes you're just in the wrong place at the wrong time, too. You know what I mean? Like you have a great performance, and there's a bunch of other really great performances. Um, that's why sometimes you know I really think like if you if someone does good work, give them the fucking Oscar when they when they win it instead of this like oh we'll get you later because it doesn't always pan out. You know what I mean? No, exactly. Anyway, yeah. uh, and I can I can I can rant all about that. I got a whole thing about Denzel Washington, you know, not getting it at the right time. But uh, we can talk about that on a later show. Uh, like I said, I think this is a great film. I don't know if it deserves to be on the AFI. If you do want to learn more about uh, movies that should or shouldn't directly be on the AFI, uh, Amy Nicholson, uh, or is it Amy Nichols or Amy Nicholson, uh, has a podcast on Unspooled. Um, you can check those guys out. They've got a fantastic podcast. They're a little bit longer. Uh, we're going to be definitely tagging them in this so we can maybe steal some of their listeners too. So, uh, that's all from me, Scott, unless you want to comment on that. So they have a podcast on unspooled or the podcast is called unspooled. That's very good. The podcast is called unspooled because Chris is getting a bit unspooled on this podcast. Anyway, I'm going to shut the fuck up. I'm going to kick you over to Scott and he's going to get us out of here as soon as he's done talking. Yeah, like, so uh, the only thing I'm going to end with is uh, what this, like, the story and the feeling of this movie of, you know, believing in yourself, I think. And those kind of movies get me every time just to talk off, off topic a little thing. Like, this movie in general reminds me a lot of our favorite topic here on this podcast, and that's Chris. Um, he he literally two three years ago came to me and he was like listen man i want more in this life like and he bet on himself and he he did what he set out to do he said he wanted to be an actor and he studied hard put in the work he's done a bunch of plays here locally and a couple feature films that are going to be released and he directed his for short that's in post-production and every day uh, i'm i'm in awe of what he does fuck scott you make it you make it really hard for me to like yell at you and stuff like that and what are you reading my like imdb page over there or something (laughs) (laughs) no no i'm not (laughs) but but yeah that's and that's why like movies like that get to me and i think that's what like we need more of right is just you know believing in yourself and i think the whole story of this it was never about winning right it was just setting the goal and the goal was just going the distance right and and he did that and he did it but that's our rant for the day like and subscribe to our podcast if you want to interact with us on social media you can find us at how'd you like that one on facebook twitter and instagram It's like if if Rocky one is a cup of coffee, Rocky four is like cocaine. You know what I mean? Because it's fucking awesome. Like that that opening, well, not the opening scene, but like when he goes in, what he's actually it's the exhibition fight between Apollo and uh, Dolph Lundgren, and he goes in there and he's got fucking James Brown dancing. We're all living in America, and he's he's dressed like Uncle Sam again, and then he gets fucking killed. Boom. 
after watching it, I, I wanted to do the same. Like, I wanted to do two and then three. Fuck that. I'm watching Rocky Four tonight, man. For sure. Production by Rod Shaver, Vader Monkey Productions.